1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. And today, since it's Father's Day, we've prepared a special message on fatherhood and family and the family of God. Today is Father's Day, and the day we celebrate fathers. We celebrate fatherhood, and we celebrate family. And the truth is, families need their fathers, and this nation needs its fathers, and the church needs fathers. God created Adam and Eve because he wanted family. God gave them the ability to procreate, to create eternal human beings with an eternal spirit. And why did God do that? Our wonderful Heavenly Father wanted all of us to be able to share in the joy of family. And it should be a joy, amen. Not a pain, not an inconvenience, but a joy, a great blessing, a great privilege. Our Heavenly Father wanted family. And we can be a part of His family, and we can also participate in creating family. It is the plan of God. So anything we see out in the world or in the culture that is contrary to that, it is anti-God, it is anti-Bible, it is anti-Christian, it is in fact anti-Christ. And I know in 2021 that is tough, but it is the truth we see from the Word of God. Ephesians 1 and verse 5 says, in love, our Heavenly Father, in love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. Another translation says, in love, God marked us out beforehand unto sonship, to be His sons, to be His daughters, to be a part of His family with the full rights, the full benefits, the full privileges. So we are eternal beings. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl is an eternal human being. And as I said, instead of creating the entire human race at once, God created one man and one woman, that's Adam and Eve, and he gave them the ability, the opportunity, 
to be the father and the mother of his family. And that's why whatever seeds of division are being sown out there in the world, we have to remind ourselves that we are all descendants of Adam and Eve. And so we are to walk in love and we're to walk in unity. Amen? Following God's plan, getting married, having children, it is not a burden. It is a wonderful privilege. It is a great joy. It is a blessing. It is a gift from Almighty God. We can be a part of God's family by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And in having Christian homes, Christian families, we can increase the family of God by birthing sons and daughters who will live for Almighty God. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter how wicked the world is. The Bible says that Noah was a righteous man. Noah, the Bible says, was a preacher of righteousness. And he had a righteous family who lived for the Lord in the days in which they lived. And Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man returns. So there's nothing new on planet Earth. We are living in wicked days. But it doesn't change the fact that we, in the midst of this wickedness, we can live for God with all our heart, soul, and mind. We can live life God's way. We can raise sons and daughters who will serve the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind. And this is why, since the beginning, you go all the way back to Genesis, since the begin, beginning, Satan has attacked the family, and he has attacked children. Go back to the beginning. God said that there would be enmity between Satan, between the serpent and the seed of woman. And that one verse, it explains everything that we see going on in today's world. Satan hates the seed of woman. And Satan is doing everything he can to destroy children, to destroy their lives, and to ruin and wreck them so they'll never know the joy of having family. And this is why in today's wicked culture, the family and the traditional family is under attack. Families need their fathers. And this is why in today's culture, men and manhood and fatherhood, they're all under attack in today's culture. God's family is called the household of faith, the family of faith. And this family of faith, this family of God, it is the body of Christ. The Apostle Paul gives us this command in Galatians 6 and verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Say all. And, and this means everyone. So no one is excluded, but this command begins in the home. Your closest neighbor, if you're married, your closest neighbor is your husband or wife. If you have children, if you have a son or daughter, if you have sons or daughters, your closest neighbor is your family, your children. This begins in the home. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The King James says the household of faith. So we are, as the Bible tells us, as Jesus told us, as the Apostle Paul told us, as James and John told us, the command that fulfills every command of God is the love command. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if you're married, if you have a family, if you have children, your closest neighbor is your husband or wife. 
Your closest neighbor is your son or daughter, your children. So again, are you doing good to all? And how do you treat your husband or wife? How do you treat your family? How do you treat your children? And even if they're grown, even if they're out of the home, even if they're, they've rebelled, even if they're not living for the Lord, how do you treat those who came from your body? We are representatives of the family of God on this earth. Once we had a family photo shoot, and anyone with a large family knows that can be extremely enjoyable or extremely frustrating. You know, we're a big group now, so the thing we're working on is getting everyone to smile simultaneously at the same time, which is nearly impossible. Amen. And that, that means some young person's got to take five or six different photos and bring them all together to come up with the best one. But one year at a family photo shoot, one of the young men there that was helping, he saw our family, extended family, he saw us interacting with each other, and he decided that that's what he wanted in his own life, family, the joy of family. People should see us, they should see our families, and they should want what we have. We should, by how we act, by how we conduct, by how our, our families act, by how they conduct themselves, even when we're just out to eat, even when we're just at the park or the zoo, when people see us and see the joy and the blessing, they should want to become a part of the family of God like us. They should see us and our families, and they should want what we have. Family and the joy of family is huge. It's an important part of our Christian witness. This is part of how we let our light shine. It, it is not a good witness. It is not a good testimony. When a young person leaves, when a young person turns 18 or 21, and they leave, they leave skid marks to get away from their parents, and to get away from their church, and to get away from their family. And when that happens, there has been something wrong going on in the home and in the family. And that's not a good witness. That's not a good witness to the world. We are to be a witness. We are to be a light. And to do that, we have to do it God's way. We're the body of Christ. We're the family of faith. We're to love one another. Say, say love. love. Now, if we're honest, we don't always feel like walking in love. And when they're little, it's not always easy. And then as they get older and they become teenagers, it's not easy again, amen. But we are to love. We are to walk in love. And who defines what it means to walk in love? The culture? The world? No, the Word of God. God defines what it means to walk in love. We're to love. We're to love one another. And we're to do good to one another at church and at home. In everything we do. And again, our closest neighbor, your closest neighbor is your husband or wife, your son, your daughter. God wants to make your home and family his home and family. Ephesians 2 verse 19 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's household. Verse 22, In him, in Christ, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. So God wants your home 
to be his home. He wants your family to be his family. So you have to ask yourself, is Father God welcome in your home? He doesn't want to just visit. He wants to make your home his home. Well, that requires that your home be a home of love. That requires that your home be a home of peace. That requires that your home be a home of kindness. And it also requires that you've got to get out of your life, out of your home, out of your family, out of the DVD collection, off the iTunes, whatever it is, you've got to get out of your home anything that would be displeasing to God so he can make your home his home. Just imagine how our homes would change for the better and be filled with love if Father God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit truly dwelled in our families and in our homes. Jesus said in Revelation 3 and verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So he wants to make our home his home. Now you have to ask yourself in your life, in your relationship with God, in your relationship with the Lord, is he only God to you or is he Father? Because that, that's an entirely different relationship. It's the difference between distant and far versus being close and near. Is he only God to you or is he Father? Father God. Our Heavenly Father loves you. He wants to be your Father. Say, my Father. He, he wants you to be a part of his family as a son, as a daughter, with the full rights, benefits, and privileges. He wants to make your home his home. He wants to fellowship with you, and not just on Christmas Sunday, not just on Easter Sunday, not just when there's an emergency, amen. He, he wants to fellowship with you and walk with you every day of your life. This message is rooted in Genesis, and if you go back to the beginning, that, that's what God had in the beginning before Adam and Eve sinned, before they fell. He, he would walk and talk with them in the cool of the garden. That, that's what he wants. He wants us to be a part of his family. He wants us to fellowship with him and walk with him every day. So is he only God in your life or is he your father? You have to begin to see God as your loving and wonderful heavenly father. He is our father. He is my father. He is your father. He loves you. He loves you. Say, he loves me. And you might, might struggle to really believe it or say it, but he loves you. Say, he loves me. Say, he loves me. And the truth is, he wants to be a part, and not just a part, he wants to be a part of every single part of your life, every area of your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to guide you. He's got a good plan for your life, amen? So you have to see him as a father. See him as a wonderful heavenly father because that's who he is. He is not far away or distant. I love what the Apostle Paul says, that we who are once far away have been brought near to God through Jesus Christ. So it's not a distant relationship. You go back to the Old Testament, and once a year, one man, the high priest, could go into the Holy of Holies. But if you think about it, a lot of believers today, even though they've been born again, even though they're a part of the family of God, 
even though they're in Christ, that they still have a relationship that is like an Old Testament relationship. Distant, far, not close, not intimate, but we who were once far away have been brought near in Christ. He's not far away or distant, praise God. Because of what Jesus did, because of the Holy Spirit, our Heavenly Father is here. He is here with us. He indwells us. And our home is his home. Your family is his family. So we are not orphans. Tell your neighbor, say, you are not an orphan. Tell your other neighbor, say, you are not an orphan. Now, in this world, someone may literally be an orphan. But in the family of God, we are not orphans. We are not servants. We are not outsiders. We are his sons. We are his daughters. We have to remember that. No matter what kind of earthly father you may have had, no matter how your parents may have treated you, no matter your background in Christ and the family of God, you're not an orphan. Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 14 says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from him from whom his whole family, say his whole family. So that, that's every son, that's every daughter, that's every child from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. So we're not under the new covenant in Christ. We're not servants or slaves. We're not outsiders. We're, we're not distant. We're not far away. We're not orphans. We are the sons and daughters of God. We are the children of God with the full rights, the full benefits, the full privileges. He is our Father. I love what Galatians 4 and verse 5 says, we have the full rights of sons. Say full rights. So there, there's not anyone in the body of Christ who is less a child of God than anyone else. We have the full rights of sons, but we have to live like it. We have to talk like it. We have to act like it. We have to live in the light of everything that is ours in Christ. We should do what Jesus did. We should do what the Apostle Paul did. We should, we should call God Abba, Father. Now, in Jesus' day, that made the religious leaders angry when he referred to him as Abba, Father. But the Apostle Paul referred to him as Abba, Father. And so we should do the same. He should be Abba to us. And that is a close relationship. That is a personal relationship. And that's how we have to see ourselves in him and his family. Picture yourself and your relationship with Father God the way we see it in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. Close, intimate, able to enter the throne room of our heavenly Father anytime you want with boldness with confidence because you are his child. In Christ, we're not like the Canaanite woman in the Gospels begging for crumbs off the master's table, but too many believers see their relationship with God that way, begging, pleading, hoping, but that's not the relationship we have. He is close, not far away. He is our Abba Father. We are, say, I am his child with the full rights, with the full benefits, with the full privileges. So we're, we're a part of the family of God. We're a part of the best family in the entire universe. Maybe mom or dad let you down. Maybe someone in your family 
let you down. Well, we're a part of the family of God. Amen. And that is good news. 1 John 3 and verse 2 says, now we are. Say, now I am a child of God. 1 John 3, 2 says, now we are the children of God. But we have to believe it. We have to see it in the word of God and we have to live accordingly. All of creation was made for us. Psalm 24 and verse 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Psalm 37, 4. One of my favorite verses says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give unto you the desires of your heart. Matthew 6, 33, we've, we've stood on that the past few years. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Say, all these things will be given unto you as well. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel, if you, though you are evil, and you might think he's being tough on us, it's an illustration. No father who's a good father would on Christmas Day give a box of rocks to a child. No father who's a good father on Christmas Day or on a birthday would wrap a box with a snake inside of it. No father who's a good father would wrap a gift with scorpions on the inside. And yet, as Jesus pointed out, th this is how people think of God. This is how people talk about God, and it's sad. And so Jesus pointed out, no good earthly father would do something like that. And then he said, if you, though you are evil, meaning imperfect, if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will our heavenly father give good gifts, good things to those who ask? Say, he's wonderful. Say, he loves me. Say, he wants to do good things in my life, in my family, he's good. And in Christ, as Paul tells us, all things are ours. Father God created the earth for us. Everything good in creation is for us, and it belongs to us. And like Adam and Eve, he has given us dominion. Our beginning was God, our end is God, and so we have to see ourselves the way he sees us. His greatest gift was his son, Jesus, who gave his life for us. Our Heavenly Father's second greatest gift was His Word, the Holy Bible, the Scriptures, written down by holy men of old, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And in His Word, we discover all the blessings that belong to us. We discover our benefits, our privileges, our rights in Christ. He gave us His Word so we will know, as we've been learning on Sunday mornings, who we are in Christ, and now where we are in Christ. He gave us his word so we can live this life in this world as his sons and daughters. So you have to see yourself the way our heavenly father sees you. He's your father. You're his son or you're his daughter. He doesn't want you to be sick. He doesn't want you to be defeated. He doesn't want you to be bound or oppressed. He doesn't want you to be in lack or in need or not enough. He doesn't want you to suffer one more day in any part of your life, in your physical body or in another area. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to know the joy of family. And he wants for you, family, to be a good thing. Amen. Amen. A joyful thing. A blessed thing. A, a Christian family should not be a dysfunctional family. 
A Christian home should not be a dysfunctional home. A Christian home should be filled with love and joy and peace. A Christian home should evidence the fruit of the Spirit. And that's part of our witness to the world and the days in which we're living. And I could give you the statistics, they're sad. But a lot of the statistics bear out that amongst Christians versus the world, you see the same thing going on in Christian homes that you see going on in the world. And my point is that is not God's best. Now, none of us can control what another human being does. Now, I'm talking about adults here, not children. Amen. And so, today is Father's Day. All around us are examples of, not here in this room, but in this culture of men not fulfilling their obligations. You, you can't make another human being do something against their own will. And so if you faced a challenge, you have to put it in the hands of God. And you have to move on and move forward in faith. Amen. But it doesn't change the fact that our lives and our families and our homes are to be a witness, a positive witness to this world we're living in. You were born to rule. You were born to reign in life. Romans 5, 17. For by the trespass of the one man, death reign. How much more? Say, how much more? Will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life? So through Adam, through his sin, death reigned. But in Christ, we're to reign in life. If de death reigned through Adam, how much more are we to reign in life through Jesus Christ? So friends, you and I were destined to reign in life. So don't be who you were or who you are, be who God wants you to be. Be who you were meant to be. 1 John 3 and verse 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. We may not feel like it. You might say, Austin, I don't feel like it. But the Bible says that is what we are. We are the children of God. We are his sons. We are his daughters. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter tells us we're being built into a spiritual house. Peter tells us that we belong to God. He tells us once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. So in this world, we're to model the family of God. We're to model the family of God to a lost and dying world. Jesus told us in Luke 6, 31, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that begins in the home. Tell your, tell your neighbor, say, that begins in the home. Tell your other neighbor, say, that begins in the home. So we, we could say it this way, and if you'll see it this way and live your life accordingly, it'll change your life. Do unto your husband or wife as you would have your heavenly father do unto you. Do unto your children, whether they're five or 13 or 18 or 25. Do unto your children as you would have your heavenly father do unto you. We live in this world, but this world is not our home. The Bible tells us we're aliens, we're, we're strangers, we're, we're foreigners passing through. Heaven is our home. So heaven is my home. So our family is the family of God, and that overrides everything else. And that's why we're, we're to live according to a higher standard. Amen. Because we don't just represent ourselves. When you go to Chili's for Father's Day after the service, you don't just represent your family. You represent the family of God. 
And so what we do and what we say and how we act and how we conduct ourselves, it does matter. Amen. And what people see online or on Facebook or on Instagram, it does matter. Amen. So we represent the family of God. We're to be salt and light in this world. We're, we're to show everyone around us what they too can have if they'll become a part of the family of God and live this life God's way. And I want to add something new and additional for today. Our Heavenly Father loves and He disciplines. Our Heavenly Father loves and He disciplines. Proverbs 3 and verse 12 says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent His rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those He loves. Now I know in 2021, this is completely counter cultural. To love is to discipline. Go to the writings of John, the apostle of 1 John. John tells us to love is to obey. That's totally countercultural in 2021. And we also see in the Bible that to love is to discipline. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son, he delights him. I would encourage you to read Hebrews chapter 12 this week. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that Father God's discipline and his correction, it is proof, it is evidence that we're a part of the family of God. And if someone were to say, Austin, you know, God never corrects me about anything. You need to get saved. You're not a part of the family of God. His discipline, his correction, his rebuke is proof that we're a part of the family. You know, when, when I'm out and about, when you're out and about, you know, sometimes you see bad behavior. But if they're not your children, it's not really your place to handle it. Amen. Handling it's going to get you in trouble. And so his discipline, it is proof that he loves us. John tells us to love is to obey. The Bible also tells us that to love is to correct. To love is to rebuke. To love is to discipline. How do we know that we are truly loved by our Heavenly Father? He disciplines us. He loves us, and so He disciplines us. He tells us in His Word and by the Holy Spirit what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. Fathers, no matter what this wicked culture says, have the courage to be like Father God. In your home, and in your family, love. In your home and in your family, discipline. Godly, righteous fathers, love. And godly, righteous fathers, discipline. Doesn't matter what's going on in the culture. Doesn't matter what the example is of the world. Your attitude has to be like Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When we were on vacation, one day at the pool, there was a family... And I don't know what language they spoke, but uh, they, they had a little girl. She was about Julia's age, maybe a little bit older, three or four. And at the hotel, they had palm trees. And to make landscaping easy around the palm trees, they had large black rocks. And this little girl was picking up these rocks, and she was throwing them in the pool. And, you know, if you're in vacation at a hotel, you don't really want to be hit by a rock by someone else's child in the pool. Amen. 
And so she was throwing rocks in the pool, and her parents kept telling her to stop it. And then finally her father got really, really, really angry. And he said, if you do that one more time, you're going to regret it. But see, he was one of those fathers who doesn't discipline. Because I saw her, I saw the look on her face, and I knew that she knew she could do it again, and ain't nothing was going to happen. And so, sure enough, what does she, she do that every three or four-year-old does? She, she went back, she got another rock, she threw it in the pool, and then looked at him like Dirty Harry and said, with the look, make my day. And he just sat there and looked totally defeated. See, that, that may be what's going on in the world, but that's not how you run a Christian family. Father God loves. And as a part of his love, Father God disciplines. He loves and he disciplines. And we're to be like Father God, amen? We're to love and we're to discipline. The Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. Now, we don't believe in being abusive, amen? When I was a little guy, my parents would go to the, to the hardware store and they would get those little dowel rods. And uh, Christine and I thought it was a game. We would hide spoons, we would hide dowel rods, amen? But the point is, the rod of correction, something to get their attention so they know if they misbehave, if they do wrong, there are consequences. And then when they're older, you can't necessarily put them over your lap anymore and spank them, but there can be other consequences. Amen. Grounding, not doing this or that, not, not going to Six Flags, whatever it is, there has to be discipline. There has to be consequences. Amen. As my father would often say, do what's right, obey, do what I want, or life as you know it will cease to exist. And we believed him. I still do. Amen. <laughs> Godly, righteous fathers love, and they discipline. It's not love to tell children or teenagers or young adults what they want to hear. It's not love to be their BFF. You're, you're not their best friend. You're their parent. You're their mom. You're their dad. Act like it. Amen. Amen. And that means people being able to tell the difference and not dressing like them either. It's not love to not speak the truth. It's not love to not discipline. It's not love to permit evil, wicked behavior to go on in your home or in your family. And you might say, well, Austin, they're 18, they're 19. Get in the car, drive, pick them up, bring them home. And you have the authority because you're the one paying the bills. I never cease to be amazed at how parents will just keep paying for bad behavior. He, the Bible tells us, he who has the gold rules. So stop paying for bad behavior. Amen. You're like, man, this is not what I was expecting to hear on Father's Day. It's not love to permit evil, wicked behavior to go on. It's not love to permit wrong friends and wrong relationships. It's not love to allow children to become followers of the world instead of followers of Jesus. Your children are your children born of your body. They are your flesh and blood, eternal beings. And one day, they will either be in heaven or they will be in hell. So fathers, be the father. Mothers, be the mother. Stop letting children rule your home and your family. 
This should not be news, but maybe it is. You're in charge, and they're not. And I don't care if they're 5 or 10 or 15 or 25. You're in charge. Say, say, I'm in charge. Now, see, now now this is turning into an empowerment service. And uh, the 25-year-old, that can be intimidating. But I know, I'm here to testify. That 3-year-old can be intimidating too. Amen. So you got to look yourself in the mirror, and you got to say, I'm in charge. Be the father, guys. Be the mom, gals. Don't let children rule your home and family. Doesn't matter what their age is. Christina and I, we have never once told my parents what to do. We have never once told my father what to do. And I don't even tell him where we're having lunch. Amen. He's the father, and he's the sheriff. And in my home, I'm the father. I'm the sheriff. Godly, righteous father's love. Godly, righteous father's discipline. So no matter what the culture says, Proverbs 13, 24 says, he who spares the rod hates. Say hates. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. So don't let children rule your home or family. Don't permit, don't allow a spirit of rebellion in your home. The Bible compares rebellion to the sin of witchcraft. You got to drive it out. Don't permit it in your home. Father God loves and he disciplines. And like him, we are to love and discipline. In today's culture, in today's church, in the American church, we need fathers. We need Christian fathers. So fathers in your home, under the lordship of Christ, rule your home and family. And if there's not a father in the home, mom, you have to rule in your home and family. You have to lead. Now, the Bible also tells us, fathers, don't exasperate your children. And and just real quickly, the number one way, all these years being in church, the number one way I've seen fathers exasperate their children is by having rules with no rewards, rules with no blessings. It won't work. The second way in which I've seen fathers exasperate their children is by living a life of hypocrisy. What does that mean? They're one way in church, but they're a different way at home. Don't be that person. Don't be that mom or dad. But fathers, this does not change the fact that in your home and your family, you must be the sheriff. So don't let your children rule your home or family. Don't let your children tell you where they will or will not go to church. Don't let them tell you whether they will or will not go to church. Don't let your children tell you where they will or they won't go to school. Don't let your children tell you what they will or won't do, or whether they will or will not obey, or whether they will or will not do what's right. No, you enforce the rules. As I mentioned, my father would often say, do what I want, do this, do what's right, or life as you know it will cease to exist. And he meant it. Why did God choose Abraham? Look at Genesis 18, 19. It'll change your life. I'm going to read it out of the King James. For I know him, that he will command. God speaking of Abraham, I know him, that he will command. Say command. Command. See, that's someone in charge. That's someone leading. That's someone being the father. That's someone being the dad. That's someone being the sheriff or the leader. I know him, he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So leading in the home has everything to do with walking in the blessing of God. It is a total package deal. So if you're the parent, 
be the parent. If you're the father, be the father. I'm only 39, but sadly, I've seen one young person after another wrecked by children ruling the home, not the parents. And then to make it worse, I've seen this, when there is bad behavior, instead of the children being disciplined, too many parents side with their children against the authority figure, whoever it is. It could be the pastor, it could be the youth minister, it could be the teacher. If you do that, you are going to have a bad end result. You know, I remember being 13 or 14 or 15 and youth minister Aaron Wood telling on me to my parents. And then they never once said, Austin's perfect, Aaron, you must be wrong. They assumed Aaron, since he was the authority figure, loved me and was telling them the truth for my good, and they disciplined me, the child. And it was for my good. But we, we see this. Aaron or someone in the high school, they'll, they'll sit the parents down with the young person, whatever it is, bad behavior, inappropriate things online, whatever, whatever it is. And the attitude is, well, well, my child, Johnny or Sally, they're, they're perfect, you're wrong. And I'm telling you, if you head down that road, it is going to be a disastrous end result someday. As David's, now I know this is hard to believe, but I'm the father of five. And I can vouch for what the word of God says, that we are born steeped in sin, that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, that each and every one of us is in need of a savior. And that child, whether they're three or they're five or they're 10, they, they have the sin nature in them. So if you love them, there has to be discipline. If you love them, there has to be correction. And the only one I know who is perfect is the Lord. So stop assuming that they're fine, and it's their teacher, it's their youth minister, it's everyone else that's the problem. You be the sheriff. To love is to discipline. So fathers, you set the example. You lead. Fathers, you bring your family to church, and not just once or twice a month. Fathers, you model truly living the Christian life for your family. You model putting God first. You model living a righteous life for the Lord in this wicked world. Why does this matter? Because this is a part of our witness to the world. We're a part of the family of God, and we're to show the world what the family of God is like. Let's end with John 16, 27. The Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. The Father himself loves you. Say, he loves me. Say, he loves me. And as I pointed out at the end, I know it's tough, but it's the Bible. It's true. Because he loves us, he also disciplines us. And so in the home, part of love is maintaining what is right. Part of love is discipline and correction. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and we will make our home with him. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. 
If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.